There's a lot of Glacier National Park junkies around the Flathead, including me and maybe you. But no one is more knowledgeable about this wonderful park than Chris Peterson, editor of the Hungry Horse News. Join us today on the Nature Journal as we talk with Chris about all things Glacier. Hi, and welcome to the Flathead Valley Community College Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhardt, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, Chris Peterson, thanks a lot for joining us today. Good morning, John. You're kind of an intrepid guy. Like, sometimes I'll go up the glacier and you'll just come melting out of the woods. That's happened at least twice. What are you doing up there? Oh, well, you know, looking for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, in case you aren't familiar with Chris, he's, he's the editor of Hungry Horse News, which is considered the, the newspaper of Glacier National Park. And I've got my copy today from, from this week. And there's always stories about Glacier and the, and the flood forest and so on in there. And I think it's the only, the only weekly in Montana that's won a Pulitzer, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. And that was Mel Ruder on the 1964 flood? Exactly. And, and mm-hmm. you've done some terrific, terrific stories on that. I, like I said, now that I'm reading it every week, I feel like I'm a resident of Columbia Falls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you. And Glacier Park. So you do a great job with that. So it's time to spring into Glacier while there's no restrictions on entry right at the moment. So let's go through what you have to do to get in there after May 27th when you have to have a reservation. Well, the entrance will be closed until 6 a.m. in the morning. And you'll have to have the reservation, which you can get online through recreation.gov. That's the easiest way. And you want to make sure that you're registered uh, with recreation.gov before you go to get your reservation on the Sun Road. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's a real easy process. And to be honest with you, the tickets have been available for, oh, well into the afternoon. For that particular For that particular period. day, three-day period. And it's a three-day Right. right, like you said, three days. Yeah. Yeah. It, it For locals, it's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to, you know, kind of get that three-day cycle in if you right. want to go every day of the week. Right. Well, I hope we can eventually get away from that. I mean, in your newspaper, you had an article by Ryan Zinke, and he was talking about the fact that it's it's kind of a, a heartbreaker to restrict people to go into their national parks, you know. Yeah, I, I, I guess I see it both ways. You know, I see the overcrowding, and I also see, you know, the people wanting to, you know, what it does to local folks. Right. So I, I guess I'm in the middle, I'm always riding the fence, which is never maybe a great. Well, the reason, the reason it's might manage the way it is is because when the Park Service enabling legislation was passed in 1916, there were three items. First, maintain the environment in, in unimportant as you can. Right. Number two provide for the use of the American people, like Zinke said, on the, on the right. arch at Yellowstone. It's for the enjoyment of the American people. And then, you know, that's also the two of them conflict. And then the third one is managing the national interest. So even though those of us around the park think we should be favored, we're no different than anybody from New Jersey, according to that, that legislation. Right. And the legislation says preserve and protect for future generations, right? So, you know, how do you, how do you balance that is the question. And, and last year, let's, let's be honest, though. Last year we had ticketed entry for the first time, and there were still 3 million people that went to the yeah. park. So 
Yeah, no, it's just. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how you get away from it entirely. Yeah. I don't, I don't, in the, in the peak, I just don't see. I don't. I, I don't see the park service going back. Uh, we'll see. I hope they can. Because yeah. I think a lot of that was COVID-related. I think we're—I actually think we're going to see a relaxation of the number of people coming because we're not paying people not to work, and people aren't, you know, locked down and they get out and they can travel all around the country. That was a lot of it, in my opinion. I mean, Stanton Creek Trail—you'd see a hundred people on Stanton Creek Trail. Right. That's not going to happen again. I don't think. I think that was a very yeah. unusual part of that pandemic. But I could be wrong. The thing that I, I see is that there—if the people weren't coming, they wouldn't be building so many of these little cabins all over the valley, no, that's and they are. And especially in the Columbia Falls area, but, yeah. no, but we're, we're kind of off off track as far as. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. And, and now this has been a normal year, quote normal for snow in Glacier Park, but it's been so cold in April. There's still a ton of snow up in the park, right? Yeah, yeah. Even some of the little, you know, the the low elevation, your Oxbow Trail, for example, it still had a foot of snow just a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> And some of the hikes that are good on top of the snowpack is Apgar Lookout. We talked the other day. I, I was up to Apgar Lookout about mm-hmm. four days ago. And there was a fair number of people, even when they have to walk from the beginning of the quarter circle bridge roads, that's not even open yet. Right. So it adds a couple miles. Mm-hmm. But that was a very uneven footing, and it was really kind of tough to get up there. And it was and it was so, you know, it goes up right. to a point where it's pretty steep. Yeah. You worry a little bit when it was icy there, but not bad. But it's just very uneven snow surface, kind of hard on the legs. You know, you know, you know what? I, I like to, uh, I wear a pair of uh, shoes that have spikes in them. Yeah. Do you, have you ever tried Yeah, those? I wore yak tracks up yeah. there. And there were people with yak tracks and without yak, yak tracks, and they were, you know, doing variably mm-hmm. going up there. And there's, there's some dry trail. There's like a three quarters of a mile of dry trail. Oh. Where it's exposed, okay. you know, to yeah. the sun. And sure. then you go into that. That snow again, but it, that's a little bit of a challenge. But that's one. Snyder Lakes. I talked to someone who went up Snyder Lakes, and it was you know over the top of the snowpack thing. Yeah. And then you've got, as you said, well, there's the Middle Fork Flatted River Trail mm-hmm. to the junction with the North Fork on that same road that you go into Apgar Lookout. Right. You just go to the left there. Yeah. That's available. Right. And then um, what, you talked about the east side. You you know a lot about the east side. What what's open? What's available over there right now? Well, um, most of the roads, as far as I know, is are still closed. So you have to walk in. Okay. The I believe the Sun Road's open to Rising Sun, but that's a really nice walk. You know, the Sun Road yeah. on the east side, going up towards um, uh, Dead Horse Point and all that. That's a really nice walk. A lot of times, you know, the bighorn sheep stuff like that, they'll be right down towards the road. Sure. So really good wildlife viewing. That's a good idea. And then, yeah. and then in your paper, your your colleague there went to Avalanche Lake recently. Yeah, he snowshoed. He yeah. said he said you probably wanted snowshoes or micro spikes because yeah. you know the snows and it snows like rock this time. Of year. Right, right. So yeah, I mean I did find an Apgar lookout with those yak tracks. It's, right, because it's holding you up now. If you get a really warm day and things start yeah, melting, you'll start post holing bad. <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll that'll be bad. Yeah. Um, for people that want to stay around the park, we've got places that are open, such as the KOA campground and so on. And I think Apgar and Spray Creek campgrounds are going to be open soon, aren't they? Within the park. Well, you know, in Apgar and St. Mary, they're, they're, Apgar's open all year. They're open, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just primitive, which means you won't have any running water. Right, right. But as the summer comes on, I think Sprague is not going to be like Fish Creek. You have to have a reservation. Right. I think Sprague, they keep it open, don't they? I don't think, I think I, it's open. I don't know. I, you know what? I've never camped in a motor campground in the park. Okay. I've always done backcountry. So. Yeah, oh, always backcountry. Yeah. Okay. Sprague's a nice little campground, though. Yeah, it is beautiful. So yeah. let's let's talk about the little uh, conquest you had last year with the the bus that went in the river. Oh uh, yeah, Jeez. because yeah, people well, were starting to 
camp over there at Blankenship, right on the edge of the park. But that's been very big controversy, right? Yeah. So there's uh, there's a there's a patch of uh, basically gravel bar that the Forest Service owns that people found during the pandemic was which which is a free campground, <laughs> a de facto campground. It doesn't even have a bathroom. Um, you have to cross the road to uh, use a bathroom there. I guess the Forest Service started putting in porta potties. Yeah. But neighbors aren't happy about it. Forest Service says, well, we're going to look at it during a comprehensive river management plan. But until that happens, you know, there's been up to 70 people camping there. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of that's And they're not going to restrict folks. that at all? They're not restricting it again this year. That's what they tell me. Wow. Yeah. So you, you tell us about the bus. Oh, the bus. Because <laughs> that picture you took went nationwide. Well, yeah, because the guy, the guy, there was a guy that tried to get, it wasn't a school bus per se. Well, it was a school it bus. Like it, yeah. it just, it was just, well, you know, he turned it into a camp, whatever he turned it into, I don't know. <laughs> but he, but he tried to get out there in high water. Well, he thought he'd drive out into the river and then back over to the gravel bar. Well, he got the bus stuck. Yeah. And I don't know how he got it out exactly, but they did get it out. And he tried to ask you not to or tell you. Yeah, he asked that. me not to take his picture. He asked me if I had permission to take his picture, which <laughs> didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, you know, as a, as a journalist, uh, you can't put a bus into a public water and then not expect. And my phone was just going. The, the people were calling me left and right. I've, it, I've, it never, I've never had my phone go so so nuts in my life. I mean, it went all over the country. It was it was all over. Oh, was it? I, 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 oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere. <laughs> so, but it was sad. I mean, it's sad, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we need to treat our rivers better than that. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you know, you're known as a great photographer, and let's talk a few minutes we have left here with uh, some of the photo trophies you've bagged and. Right now, you know, you can do some good photography around the Apgar McDonald Creek area, right? You got dippers, you got waterfowl, you got harlequins coming up in Upper McDonald Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just want to use long telephoto lenses, give everything their space, have respect for the critters. Yeah, okay. and, and we, and I do. I mean, my lenses are, you know, three, four hundred millimeters. Yeah, I've seen you lugging them around. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. Yeah, thirty pounds. <laughs> wow. 30 pounds with that tripod, yeah. Because you can have just a regular camera that's a digital camera, and you can zoom in. I mean, they make them now. I think you mine's can. 30X. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can. <laughs> it's not as right. high a quality as what you're right. getting. But. Right, right. So, so what are a few other, just a few other tips on photographing uh, the scenery and wildlife then? Well, you know, the beginning of the day and the end of the day. I mean, it's mm -hmm. pretty much, uh, you know, you, you want to stay the last five minutes. Wow. Yeah. You just get, you get the there best, early. Yeah. Get the best lighting and that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess never give up is my motto. You know, you never know what's going to happen. That's a good I, point. I was working on a project here last year, and, you know, I was I was walking back to the car, and there's an owl in a tree. It was noon. <laughs> I'll be <Yeah>. done. <laughs> yeah, a barred owl. Yeah. So now, last time you were on, we talked about your photographing a lynx, and I've had a lucky photographing a lynx a few times, but you hadn't really got it. That, that was like in a parking lot or something. For a trailhead. Right. And then yeah. right after, I mean, it was like within weeks, then you just had this incredible experience with lynx, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Doing a, doing a nice little, one of my favorite little hikes um, into the into the backcountry of Glacier. And I I saw this thing just kind of jump out of the trail. I'm like, wow, that was just a gigantic snowshoe hare. Because <laughs> if you look at the skeleton of a, a lynx and a snowshoe hare, they're very similar. I'm a and And so... But I'm like, so I look into the brush, and there's a lynx looking back at me. <laughs> I was like, wow. So probably, you know, the camera shoot 10, 12 frames a second, and, yeah, I got him. I mean, it was, he just kind of sat there and looked at me for 
35 seconds, yeah. which was plenty, yeah. plenty for, for for what I needed. But yeah. what a great experience. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, you know, those pictures are stunning. You had some really neat lighting on the background and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, just, you know, to be honest with you, John, you just, you're always prepared and, and then <laughs> luck comes your way is what you really, yeah, yeah, you really, it's, it's 90% luck. <laughs> Well, it's great, Chris. Thanks a lot for coming on today, and uh, keep up that great work on your newspaper, The Hungry Horse News. Well, thank you very much. That's all the time we have for this episode of The Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.